Sport Accord Convention looks to the future? In my opinion, Sport Accord uh, 2021 will uh, ideally represent a reunification of the international sporting community after the whole Olympic movement was put on hold for at least uh, uh, a large part of 2020, of this year. We'll be speaking with Rafael Kiuli, president of Sport Accord. In this edition of Around the Rings Radio, I'm Ed Hula. Sport Accord, the annual convention of international sporting federations, began in 2003 in Madrid. But this year, for the first time in its 18-year history, the meeting was canceled. First set for Beijing this month, problems with the coronavirus. That was no escape from the corona impact, as the Swiss government Soon after that, banned meetings the size of Sport Accord in that country's campaign to counter the spread of the illness. Now Sport Accord is set for 2021 in Ekaterinburg, Russia. And in May, registration is now open. And Sport Accord, I am sure, will be happy to speak with prospective exhibitors to that meeting. Joining us today is the president of Sport Accord, Rafaela Kiuli. He has been in the post since 2019, elected to take over from the late Patrick Bauman. He is president of GAFES, the Global Association of International Sports Federations, one of the stakeholders in the Sport Accord Convention. He was born and educated in, in Italy. His professional career spent as an executive in the energy sector. As a sports leader, he is president of the International Federation for Powerboating a post he's had since 2007. And Raffaella Chiuli joins us from his home in Italy, where he's had to deal with the effects of the corona countermeasures. Welcome to Around the Rings Radio. We're glad that you can join us from Rome today. Thanks for hosting me. How are things going for you and your family, your, your, your colleagues, your fellow Italians in the midst of this corona stay at home for the past couple of months well we are all in uh, good health and spirit in spite of the social distance in this beautiful uh, and uh, today sunny city of uh, rome but you've been able to conduct business remotely for sport accord yes, in the it- meantime Yes, a very, indeed. very different way of doing business than it has been in the past for you, I'm, I'm sure. How, how, is it, how has it changed? Uh, it's a new uh, way of uh, working um, remotely, uh, but allow me to say uh, that is uh, certainly efficient, and I really appreciated the, all the, uh, the teams, the colleagues, that are doing a tremendous effort to catch up and to ensure that we deliver an outstanding service to all our stakeholders. The last time we saw each other, last time we spoke, was in in Fort Lauderdale in December at the the, uh, Pan American uh, edition of, of Sport Accord, this first ever meeting you held there for the Pan Am region under the Sport Accord umbrella. And at that time, nobody was talking about Corona. Nobody had any idea that this was uh, coming uh, down down the road. And really, just a few weeks later, 
I think we got indications that the situation was serious in China. And by then, you probably were getting feelings that your plans for sport accord this year in Beijing may be in, in difficult waters. Uh, what was that like in uh, December and January uh, as you were considering what to do about the convention taking place in Beijing? Well, it has been a, a very turbulent time so far this year uh, in the sporting world. And uh, yes, of course, Sport Accord has had to adjust its plans. Uh, just to take a step back, our priority has always been the health and welfare of our international sport federations and delegates. So throughout the early months of this year, we were in constant contact, not only with our OCT partners, but also with the relevant agencies around the world to ensure we had the latest information. We are... Uh, we are global gathering organizers with uh, delegates traveling from uh, every part of the world. So it has always been necessary to adopt a worldwide outlook when planning our events. COVID-19 has uh, obviously created an extremely unfortunate situation. And we are saddened that our community was not able to come together for the usual great annual gathering. But we've been informing everyone, all our stakeholders, speakers, partners, exhibitors, delegates, of the significant developments at the earliest possible opportunity, so they were able to adjust their plans accordingly. And this is exactly what we did. However, in these uncertain times for the wider sport and business community, we have benefited of our fortunate position of being a well-established and experienced organization since the very first Sport Accord event back in 2003, which you uh, mentioned earlier on. We also have an extraordinarily strong reputation and trusted partners and stakeholders. We organize events that take place in different cities every year, and there is always significant global interest in becoming a Sport Accord host city. But now we have established a very encouraging pipeline by announcing, um, as you said, Ekaterinburg in Russia as the host of the Sport Accord World Sport and Business Summit in uh, 2021. So, as regrettable as it was to accept that Sport Accord would not be able to take place in 2020, even before the current situation emerged, we were already working with the local organizing committee towards an outstanding Sport Accord in 2021. And as, it, as we discussed uh, uh, before, having embraced remote working in line with uh, most organizations and countries for nearly two months, I would say that the key adjustments Sport Accord has made in an operational sense have been very efficient and successful. And we've been able even to accelerate discussions and preparation uh, around Sport Accord 2021 to ensure it will be an even better event than the great one we were expecting. So are you saying that there's been even 
more communication, more interchange between Sport Accord and the local organizers in, in Russia? Well, uh, our experience that we, we've been working very collaboratively with um, the our OCT partners um, and uh, actually this uh, remote working, uh, uh, um, let's say, activity uh, has proven so far to be quite uh, effective and efficient. Some people say they're working more at at home than they are in their office. Uh, do, I do, do agree you, do you entirely. Find, do you find that the, the case? <laughs> Absolutely. I do agree entirely. And I do miss uh, coffee breaks or <laughs> the traditional uh, uh, poses and breaks that you take. Uh, but actually, I'm enjoying this uh, smart working uh, uh, experience. Now, when you when you when you canceled the meeting in Beijing, the the a, a short time later, you announced that it would be held in Lausanne, and the Swiss government decided that uh, not safe to have large meetings uh, such as that. Um, um, it, were, were you, when you when you announced Lausanne, were you kind of holding your breath and wondering whether we'll be able to have the meeting here as well? Well, uh, in the overall context of the uh, COVID nineteen, we've been continuously guided by expert advice, you know, from local organizing committees and hosting authorities, uh, China, Chinese authorities first and then uh, the Swiss authorities, but also uh, by the international health agencies such as the WHO. So we've been aware that uh, uh, there were lockdowns, you know, and uh, there were many challenges, but we are also confident that um, uh, these lockdowns uh, at some point in time will be lifted uh, worldwide. And uh, there will be transitional phases with uh, when actually we can expect certain restriction uh, to be eased. And certainly we've been monitoring so far and we will continue to monitor the situation very, uh, very closely. But allow me to take the opportunity to say heartfelt thanks to both the Chinese host authorities and the Swiss ones for the incredible constructive uh, dialogue and collaboration uh, during these very challenging times. Well, let's talk about Ekaterinburg in, in 2021, the next edition of Sport Accord that's on the, on the drawing board. How, how will the meeting perhaps be changed or influenced by the experience this year with, with Sport Accord? Are there, there lessons, changes that... Uh, will take place with the way you organize the meeting? Well, uh, allow me to say that uh, uh, currently uh, plans are really progressing uh, extremely well. Uh, we've been in regular contact with um, our host city partners um, since uh, late last year, and we've been able to accelerate preparation ahead of the event uh, with constant dialogue. Um, as you mentioned, 
we have already launched the registration on uh, April 23rd, and uh, we already have had a very encouraging response. Uh, there is just over a year to go before the event takes place. So on top of this uh, initial burst of interest, there will also be a big increase in those registering for the event over the uh, coming uh, uh, months. So at the moment, we are already working hard on the various parts of the conference program, the exhibition space, which will be truly excellent in uh, Ekaterinburg. And um, I'm confident it will be a real hub in the heart of uh, a wonderful city. So the exhibition uh, floor plan has already been fine-tuned uh, this year with a larger space than uh, ever before. So we want more networking. Um, uh, we want more space you know, in our meeting uh, rooms just above the exhibition, uh, ensuring that uh, it's a really effective and nice uh, um, uh, event. Uh, I'm confident that uh, Ekaterinburg as a location bridges the Western world and the East. So it's uh, ideally positioned to bring people together from uh, across the sporting world and build bridges with uh, open and constructive uh, uh, dialogue. And as you know, this city has become uh, increasingly important uh, um, in Russia for tourism, business, uh, and sport, um, and also uh, it has hosted top-tier international events in football and boxing uh, quite recently, and we lost the global championship in uh, volleyball and also university sports in the uh, coming years. So I'm confident that Sport Accord uh, 2021 will be an outstanding event, and um, I'm sure that uh, um, it will uh, now take uh, uh, an extra significance for everyone gathering in the wonderful Russian city of Ekaterinburg after the issues that have faced sport and the wider world in uh, 2020. Are you considering any special theme or direction for the 2021 meeting given, given what's happening this year and this may be one of the larger larger sport meetings to be held since then. Well, that's a very interesting um, uh, question because, uh, uh, in my opinion, Sport Accord uh, 2021 will uh, ideally represent a reunification of the international sporting community after the whole Olympic movement was put on hold for at least... Uh, uh, a large part of 2020, of this year. So in terms of uh, key teams, those will be announced in due course and are being discussed through the steering committees, which includes representatives of all the key stakeholders group, such as uh, the International Olympic Committee, GEISF, the ASOIF, so the Summer Olympic Sport, the Winter Olympic Sport, the IOF, the ARISF, so the IOC Recognized Federation, the AIMS, uh, the not recognized one. And um, uh, we will have input uh, for each of the conference streams from uh, uh, the stakeholders I just mentioned, but also from our host. And uh, I would like to underline 
that uh, we have uh, different conference streams like uh, City Accord, Health Accord, Law Accord, Media Accord, Invest Accord, and certainly the Sport Accord Summit main program. So the conference program is going to be designed to cover many different vital aspects of uh, the sport and the sport business in a way that will be relevant for all our attendees. And um, <clears throat> allow me also to say that uh, we would like not only the right topics to be covered in the most productive uh, way, but also in a very enjoyable way. This is our, uh, uh, certainly our, our aim, because uh, I'm sure that there will be also discussion about how and what sport can learn from the crisis of 2020 and uh, ensure it will be in a stronger position uh, in the future. So uh, all of the vital pillars that strengthen sport are important because sport is an incredible force for good. And so sport will play a fundamental role in giving people hope as the world recovers from the difficulties that have emerged in 2020. So I'm very much uh, looking forward to uh, this event. And like every year, we will discuss new development projects, initiatives, and innovations. And as you can imagine, there will be, there will be even more to discuss and debate after the gap of this year. So uh, including significant changes to be debated within each of our conference program uh, streams, because uh, to give you an example, we will have Invest Accord. Uh, Invest Accord will be dedicated to exploring financial issues and uh, investment opportunities, but also new partners, new sponsors, and certainly challenges and best practices in sport, which we would like to uh, share with all our stakeholders. So we all have seen how sport is embedded in communities across the globe and how it brings people together. So I'm sure sport will play a vital role in steering the recovery of the world. And uh, our sport accord is built on the principle of unity and friendship. And we will have the opportunity to discuss proposals that will allow sport to inspire and offer hope as the world gets back to its uh, new normal, as we discussed earlier on. We're talking with Rafael Chiuli, president of Sport Accord, about the uh, meeting that was uh, intended to be this year, but now next edition, 2021, Ekaterinburg in Russia. Um, given the state of international travel right now, um, will there be assistance from Russia for visas and and travel documents that will make getting to uh, getting to Sport Accord a little bit easier than it might otherwise be. Well, by announcing the OCT agreement with uh, Ekaterinburg uh, way back uh, in November 2019, we ensured that uh, there would be plenty of time ahead of the event to come to arrangements regarding travel. Sport Accord has taken place in Russia on two previous occasions, and we have always had outstanding support 
from our partners and um, the relevant authorities with regard to travel and logistics uh, in, uh, in uh, such a country. Uh, and this was on a local, regional and uh, national level. Of course, international travel arrangements are currently, allow me to say, <laughs> in a state of uh, fluidity. <laughs> so we are monitoring the situation very closely. But uh, we would hope and expect that with restrictions set to ease in the coming months, uh, that when Sport Accord 21 does take place, the potential for any disruption will be minimized for our delegates and stakeholders traveling from around the, the world. So although with everything going on at the moment, it's easy to focus on short-term challenges, it is worth remembering that we are still more than a year away from the event. So I'm quite confident that um, uh, things will uh, go in the right way. What about the uh, uh, switching gears a little bit here? Um, from, from your point of view as a sport federation leader, what's it meant to life, your life, the, or life of the world for the absence of of sport events over the past couple of months to see what a world is like without, without sport. We're, we're seeing that plain as day, something that you could never have forecast happening has uh, appeared before our eyes, this great void of, of sport events. Well, you are absolutely right. And uh, again, this is, um, it's a very good question. So here I'm talking as uh, uh, president of uh, GAIS, which is uh, the organization grouping 125 uh, uh, international sport federations and uh, organizations. So, first of all, on behalf of the entire GAIS family, I would like to share my concern and best wishes for athletes, families, colleagues, and for everyone who has been affected by the global COVID-19 pandemic. As you said clearly, international sport has come to a stop for now, and many events have been postponed while others have unfortunately been canceled completely. There are some common challenges, such as uh, lack of access to training facilities, uh, athlete mental health, uh, or anti-doping, um, and we have also to consider uh, travel restrictions and so forth. So it is important. Uh, it is uh, very much important now that guys does its job of sharing key lessons and shining a spotlight on best practice. For example, allow me just to give you a couple of, uh, of examples. Last weekend, uh, some of the um, uh, greatest pole vault athletes competed against uh, one another from their own back gardens in the ultimate garden, garden clash. World Taekwondo launched the digital campaign, kicking it at home to show how fighters are coping with the global situation. Or World Archery, they launched the first remote archery competition, Lockdown Knockdown, 
which will be streamlined from the quarters finals onwards. Of course, these are just a few examples of some of the incredible initiatives and projects that international federations have created during this time to keep fans entertained and engaged. And allow me to say that it's very encouraging to see that our community is united behind the common goal of utilizing the power of sport as a symbol of positivity, hope, and unity. How about the effect of all of this on your sport, on the Powerboat Federation? How has the, uh, uh, the lockdown, the coronavirus uh, uh, taken effect on, on that federation? Thanks for uh, asking me also about uh, my preferred sport. <laughs> so as uh, uh, president of the International Power Boating Federation, uh, I have to say that the outbreak of uh, the COVID-19 epidemic um, in early spring, when the power boaters can usually go on the water to start uh, preparing the racing season, has completely disrupted the international calendar before the first international events came to stage. And uh, like all other sport federations, uh, the UIM uh, now has to evaluate all options for reshaping the calendar for uh, the 2020 season, as far as much uh, as a season may at all be possible and also realistic. Um, nowadays, the absence of planning security due to uncertainty uh, of the point in time when unrestricted uh, or unconditioned transborder movement will be authorized again is one of the biggest headache we have to deal with. Uh, as is the case also for most, if not all, sport federation, the prolonged absence of activities has a strong impact on the financial balance of the UIM as well. But we have immediately reacted and we have adopted corrective measure to minimize the damage. And uh, I can't emphasize enough the importance of the Monaco because we are a Monegasque uh, uh, organization. We are based in the Principality of Monaco. So uh, the Monaco governmental support was uh, crucial to allow the sport movement to continue playing its crucial role in, um, in society, you know, health, culture, uh, social cohesion, uh, education, and why not also entertaining entertainment. So over the past weeks and months, the UIM has uh, strived to ensure that safety of our staff who have in turn remained committed to continuing to service the need of our members and stakeholders during the uh, current suspension of our activities. And, um, and most of them actually are working uh, uh, remotely. And uh, during this time, we have monitored the evolution of the pandemic uh, uh, very closely. And uh, allow me to say that I've been warmed by the gestures of solidarity and support we have received from inside and outside the power boating community. Just to give you a few examples, we received face masks from our Chinese National Federation. We had individual offers for helping out. And we had the increased proximity and sharing with our members' federation 
well beyond the powerboat sport. So while the resumption of the international powerboating activities is a primary objective for us, we will keep the dialogue go going with uh, national authorities and local organizers of um, uh, individual event events. Um, I can assure you that um, we will continue to adhere to the recommendation of the World Health Organization and certainly observe governmental instruction and spare no effort to respect uh, all measures that are being put in place by the authorities to avoid a resurge of the epidemic. So I'm confident that the powerboat sport will have to overcome less obstacle than other sport when it comes to resuming racing activities since it is mostly an individual sport performed outdoors on the sea, lakes and rivers with no physical contact between the drivers on the water. When do you expect to begin international competition again? What, do you have any kind of prediction when that might happen? Tomorrow I call an extraordinary board meeting uh, and um, we are going to take decision on that. Uh, what we are hoping to uh, we are hoping to start again, let's say, in uh, uh, the third quarter of this year, with uh, our uh, let's say first with our national events, and then step by step um, uh, keep monitoring, of course, the development of the um, pandemic. Uh, step by step, go uh, internationally, uh, taking into consideration, into consideration as well um, as I said before, also the possible travel restrictions that we may have at that time. You mentioned the financial issues of face, that are facing your federation and 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 literally all the other international sport federations. It's going to take uh, a lot to overcome the. The, the lack of revenue, the falling off of revenue in, in 2020 uh, for federations that are part of the Olympic Games, uh, they were expecting to receive money this year from the Olympics. It's now postponed until 2021. What's your view on how federations in general need to come back, how, how they will be able to repair the financial damage that's been caused by the effects of the uh, Corona's countermeasures? Well, I think that uh, all international sport federation, certainly in the short term, particularly the one um, most heavily affected by the crisis, should uh, uh, take the opportunity uh, whenever possible and feasible to access uh, funds, uh, or uh, support measures, let's say, coming from local governments, you know, the Swiss uh, uh, Confederation and also the, for example, the Canton de Vaux, uh, they are doing a lot in that respect. I mentioned as well the, the Monaco uh, governmental support, you know, to allow in the, in the short term the sport movement to continue uh, playing its uh, crucial role in, uh, in, uh, in society. But... Uh, Certainly, there will be a few challenges from the International Sport Federation uh, once this uh, uh, 
um, uh, crisis uh, um, uh, hopefully uh, will finish. Uh, I think we have to rethink uh, the way how we work. Um, I'm sure that uh, remote working uh, uh, will be uh, more and more used. I think we need to look at new partners and sponsors because uh, uh, the traditional partner and the sponsor, uh, they are facing themselves certain challenges. And um, we need to be more innovative. We need to uh, uh, strive for uh, new, uh, a new approach, new solution. Uh, we need to certainly uh, consider that for a while, we have to coexist with the pandemic. So when we organize sport events, we need to uh, take certain uh, uh, precautions, certain measures, which will have an impact also on the uh, financial, let's say, on the financials of our uh, uh, sport organization. But uh, I do see it as an opportunity rather than a, than a threat. And, uh, and I'm sure that uh, sport uh, will come out stronger than ever uh, because uh, everyone is really looking forward to a message of uh, positivity and uh, unity after this uh, uh, long uh, experience of, uh, with the lockdown. Any thoughts about whether sport events without spectators are viable? Is it feasible to have fantastic events without spectators? Well, Ed, allow me to be very uh, straightforward on this. I do prefer <laughs> events with spectators. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think everybody, I think yeah. everybody does. And allow me to say, I do prefer uh, uh, large gatherings like Sport Accord, real rather than virtual. <laughs> Uh, but of course, we have to uh, to cope with uh, the the current situation, and uh, it will largely depend uh, on the type of sport, and um, uh, you know, and uh, and um, certainly, uh, I'm sure that uh, there will be also a psychological effect, uh, not only on the um, uh, let's say on the um, on the field of play, but also on the tribunes uh, in terms of uh, uh, keeping certain uh, distances and uh, taking certain um, precautions, uh, uh, which will have an impact on the overall cost of uh, organizing that event. I'm sure. So, the International Sport Federation are called to an extraordinary effort to innovate and to come out with uh, creative solution. And basically, they have to reform the reforms because uh, uh, this is going to have an impact on uh, all sport discipline. And um, again, I see it as a, a great opportunity and we need to learn and share from each other. And that's why events like Sport Accord are crucial to 
share the best practices and to learn also from uh, uh, what uh, maybe has not been done in, uh, in an optimal way. We have just a, a few minutes left here. Uh, the, 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 the corona uh, virus has had an enormous impact uh, across the world. Um, it's made changes in business and education and everybody's daily walk of life. And one of the effects of that was the postponement of the Olympics from this July in Tokyo until next year. That's a pretty big deal in the world of sports. That's never happened before. What kind of impact has it had, as you see it from your vantage point, to make the Olymp have the Olympics postponed by one year? Well, a massive firstly, impact. Of course. Uh, firstly, I fully appreciate how significant the task it, it is to reorganize the postponed Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games for next year. However, working together, I believe that these games will be an incredible celebration of the whole of humanity in their resilience in light of the coronavirus crisis. So we as uh, guys, we are looking forward to working with uh, the IOC, with uh, the IPC, the International Federation, and certainly Tokyo 2020 to ensure that athletes and their respective sport all have their moment to shine in uh, 2021. More generally, I strongly believe that sport will come back stronger than before from this situation. Because uh, we have seen that sport continues to innovate even during the most difficult of times. And uh, at this current point in time is, uh, in my opinion, premature to talk about the post-coronavirus era. However, if and when it is safe to do so, the return of sport will present an opportunity for the sport community, as I was saying earlier on, to renew our focus. And it will serve as a reminder of what is important to us. Sport will be more resilient and more united than ever before. This is my opinion. Well, thank you very much for sharing it with us today, Raffaella Kiuli. A, a, a great pleasure, president of Sport Accord and president of, of GAFES, as well as the uh, Federation for, for Power Boating. It's been a real pleasure having you with us on Around the Rings Radio today. I would like to thank you for uh, having uh, hosted me and uh, thanks also for the great service that you deliver to the whole sport community. We appreciate your kind words and best wishes to you and, and your colleagues at Sport Accord and the world of sport. Thanks again for, for joining us today, Raphael Kiuli. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm your host, Ed Hula, urging you to stay calm, be safe. For more than 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is aroundtherings.com.